Hello everyone, it's Sadia and welcome back to another episode of Immigrantly. This is a weekly podcast where I sit down with a special guest with some connection to immigrant identity and talk about the amazing things they are doing all in the name of telling stories and switching up narrative. We've got plenty of content to stream wherever you're listening to podcasts. But if you're looking for even more ways to engage with us, follow us on Instagram at ImmigrantlyPod, on Twitter at Immigrantly underscore pod and on TikTok at ImmigrantlyPodcast. Yes, we are also on TikTok. Talking about engaging and connecting, I feel like I don't share as much of my thoughts and personal life with you as I should because you are practically family. You come back every week to spend some time with me and my thoughts. So here's what I'm thinking. Moving forward, I will share fleeting thoughts that I have in my mind and then hope to engage with you on those thoughts. You can send me feedback. You can share your thoughts, where you are in life, what's happening in your space. And maybe this way we can form a stronger bond, stronger than we already have. And by the way, I am amazed by how you come back every week to listen to me. So I've been thinking about something lately and I don't know why it bothers me, but it seems like I am sick and tired of adulting. It can be taxing, right? Everybody expecting you to have your shit together all the time, you being responsible for so many things in life. And sometimes I feel like what would it mean to reconnect with my inner child, just act irresponsible for one day. Now, I'll be honest, I don't think I can do that because there is a lot of responsibility on my shoulders. But I am curious to know how all of you are adulting. What makes it easy? What makes it challenging? Send me a voice memo at info at immigrantlypod.com and I would love to share it on one of our podcast episodes. Anyways, talking about today's episode, it is all about podcasting. Yeah, I really mean it. So a lot of you already know this, that podcasting has definitely grown in popularity over the past few years, which is so cool to see. I only started Immigrantly in 2018, but new podcasts are always releasing nowadays, right? And guess what? I have yet another one to share with you today because in this episode, we are talking to two guests who are the co-hosts of a new podcast called Becoming an Icon. Becoming an Icon charts the lives and careers of Latino celebrities to explore how each one, well, became the icon they are. Everyone from Jennifer Lopez to Bad Bunny, Shakira to Cardi B, yes, these are definitely names you've heard before. So I am so excited to talk to the co-hosts and get a sneak peek at all the great stuff to come. It's also important to mention that my guests are also from the Latino community. Liliana Vasquez is a TV personality, style expert and interviewer. You may recognize her as a former contributor on the Today Show, the former host of E! News, 
or as a correspondent for Access Daily and Access Hollywood. Hey everybody, it's Liliana Vasquez from E! News and I'm here to show you how... Clearly, Liliana is far from the beginner when it comes to the media scene. Even better, she is outspoken about the stakes of being a Latina in the field where she is often in the minority. Her co-host is more of a behind-the-camera type of guy. Joseph Carrillo is a celebrity makeup artist. You've definitely seen his talent with a blending brush and an elegant eyeshadow palette before, even if you didn't know it at the time. Because his client history includes Lizzo, Priyanka Chopra, Paris Hilton, and so many other celebrities. His makeup looks and beauty tips have been featured in Harper's Bazaar, Allure, Vogue, and the New York Times. So what brought these two together to create yet another great podcast for you to consume? Let's find out. So first of all, Liliana and Joseph, thank you so much for sharing this space with me. I'm really excited. Hi. So how are you guys doing? Good. It's cloudy here in New York. Are you in New York, Zaya? I am in New York. It is cloudy. cloudy. Okay, I'm not going to tell y'all about my perfect 68 degrees and sunny. Oh, that's brutal. By the way, I grew up in Pakistan. So when I initially moved to the U.S., I did not like the sun. I did not like warm weather. But now it's been almost two decades and I'm like, I don't know. I miss the sun. I miss warm weather. And every time I go back to Pakistan, it just feels warm and cozy, which is crazy, right? You can come visit in L.A. anytime. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. She has a lot of room. I'll tell you that. Okay, so then I will pack my bags and be there next week. (laughs) We'll both go. Yeah. But I do have an 18-month-old, so maybe you won't come. Mm. I think that's fine. I have two kids, although they are teenagers, but I've seen an 18-month-old and a two-year-old and a three-year-old. I'll be fine with that. (laughs) So anyways, guys, this is so good. And I am so excited for you, for your podcast, Becoming an Icon, which, by the way, is launching tomorrow. So by the time our episode releases, it would have already published out Mm -hmm. there in the world. Mm -hmm. Tell me, how are you processing all of this right now in this moment? Oh my gosh, goodness. I feel like I'm giving birth again because we started this almost a year ago, just from like having the initial conversations with iHeart and Sonora and like just kind of even like soft floating the idea by Joseph. And he can tell you this because you know, Joseph comes from a little bit of a different background. So as co-hosts, we kind of bring our own diverse experiences with entertainment and pop culture to the podcast. I think that's what makes this podcast so different. Obviously, we're talking about music icons, pop culture icons, fashion icons, um, and we're doing it through different lenses, right? So my lens is as an entertainment journalist for over a decade, Joseph's lens is being kind of like their right hand, like behind the scenes as a celebrity makeup artist. But then we're also doing it through the fan lens, which is ultimately who we are, right? So we're bringing together all of these points of views to tell the story, or I should say retell these stories that, frankly, I kind of forgot a lot of them because we get busy, right? So it was really fun to relive all of these stories from Jennifer Lopez to Ricky Martin to Bad Bunny 
through their iconic music and talk about the moments that it triggers in our lives, both good and bad, and also what it meant for the world when these songs came out. So it's a lot of like nerves and excitement because I feel like we are giving birth and we're like releasing our new baby into the world. But I think that it's about time and it's going to be really, really fun in a very different way for people to consume pop culture podcast content. What about you, Joseph? Well, it's all of that, everything she said. But it's also, you know, us as friends reliving it. Like, we weren't friends at that certain point, you know, but just going back and being like, oh, my God, I remember when this song or when this moment happened and where we were. And then just re-talking about it as a friend, like we're having a conversation because we really are and we're curious about what's going on with them. I also feel like, you know, for two friends who seemingly know a lot, way too much about each other, <laughs> I learned so much about him right? Because I didn't know him in 1998 when I was like dancing my ass off to JLo in the club. Mm -hmm. He was also dancing his ass off in the club. We just weren't together. Right. So it was really fun to learn about this part of him and, you know, what these songs meant to him and what these moments meant to him, because I didn't know that. And like, that's the beautiful thing about music is that you can learn so much about each other by how you experience music and songs. And it taught me so much about my friend who I thought I already knew everything about. And it taught so much about them, about the people, because we are learning more about them and learning together. So Liliana, what did you learn about Joseph that you did not know? Can you share something interesting? Yeah, I always thought that Joseph was how he was like in high school, right? And it's because he seems like we all do. We present so confident, right? In our careers and in our identity, especially as fully formed, like 40 somethings, at least for me, Joseph's almost there, not quite. And um, I think what was so interesting was to discover that that's not who he was at 15, right? As he was going through his own identity journey and to relive that experience with him as my friend, like it just brought so many more layers, I think, to our friendship. And I think that's what's so unexpected about doing a podcast, right? It takes you on a different journey than you thought. Here I was thinking we were just going to talk about Ricky Martin shaking his bonbon at the Grammys. <laughs> we talked a lot about that. Mm -hmm. But also what that moment meant for Joseph as a teen who was going to come out. And so I learned that about him, that Joseph wasn't Joseph in high school. He was a different version of himself, a person that I still really wanted to hang out with, but just a different version of himself. So it's been really amazing in terms of like self-discovery for me as a fan of this music, for self-discovery as me as a person, but also for self-discovery of one of my best friends. And Joseph, what did you learn about Liliana? Oh, Gosh, no. how can I even compare with that beautiful, like, <laughs> you know, I'm not an investigative journalist like she is, but I did know this as a friend about her and she's just loving, kind and caring. And it's funny to like, because I know her professionally and as a friend and like her youth and how now that she's a mom and even when I met her before a mom and how much of a party girl she was or wasn't. Huh. And it's just it's funny because you don't see your friends like that, like wild and crazy. No, she wasn't. Yeah, she was but <laughs> wild and crazy. And then you see them just so polished. And so it's really nice to go back down memory lane. And I want to go back to what Liliana said. We do project ourselves as confident, independent, and I'm also in my 40s and it's like, oh, you know, I have my shit together, but I don't. Right. And at times I am like 
adulting is just so difficult and it's so taxing. And then you just want to go back and reconnect with a different part of your life or identity. And I'm so glad you're doing this through this podcast, Becoming an Icon. And I love the name Becoming. So it gives me an idea of what you'll be talking about. So it's a journey. It's an evolution that you're giving yourselves permission to talk about. But I am curious to know, as you explore others' becoming journey, can you share yours, Liliana and Joseph? You know, I am still on a journey. I am like on a total life journey and it has just been totally crazy. So my journey started as um, wanting to be a fashion designer and living out in L.A. and then doing makeup in my youth and becoming a professional makeup artist, then taking a risk, moving to New York and working with the biggest fashion brands and being there. And then all of a sudden COVID hit. And you don't need a celebrity makeup artist during COVID. And I started really honing in other skills that I really loved. And I love to touch people. I love to make an impact on people. And so I am now also a celebrity facial masseur. Ah, I love it. <laughs> so I massage the inside of people's mouths as well as do makeup. And I never really was good at fashion design. So I, I just left that behind. <laughs> but that's been my journey. And now, you know, joining Liliana with this podcast. And it's like being able to go and learning more about these iconic people also inspires me that they're just like the rest of us. Joseph, let's talk a little bit about your personal journey. So this is your professional journey, right? Mm -hmm. But as a person, as a human, how have you evolved and become an icon in your own right? You know, truthfully, it was in breaking the habit of being myself. The journey that I'm on is that I don't want to continue to do the same thing every day all the time because then that's just crazy. I want to try new and different experiences. So it's ever evolving, but I never want to be stuck as being the same old thing. Give me an example. How about when I called you and told you to be on a podcast? You were like, I think you dialed the wrong number. Like, <laughs> Wait, what? I think you were calling Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> yeah, it has all just been a habit. From, you know, really focusing on my mental health, that has really changed. I was really focused on work and I didn't know that I didn't have hobbies because makeup was my hobby. It's weird because you should still have hobbies outside of your passion, right? And it was the only thing that I was doing. And during COVID, I was able to really learn that I liked the outdoors. I liked to walk. I liked to swim. I had no idea I liked doing any of that stuff. And it was really just breaking the bad habits of when I say like, you know, people ask me, oh, let's go eat Italian. And I always say, oh, I don't like Italian food. Well, that's not true because I don't eat Italian food. Hmm. I don't think I've tasted everything. So now when people are like, let's get Italian food, I'll be like, let's go. And now I just want to see what this Italian food is all about. So that's just kind of like on my personal journey that coming from a place of yes, back to Liliana's point of talking about the podcast, it was just kind of like, what? But she dialed the wrong number, but she didn't. She called my number. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to come from a place of yes. Let's learn this. Let's figure out what we're doing. And she's a professional. She talks and does this for a living. And asking me to be side by side with her was really special for me. So that's still my journey. You know, I love that because when I started podcast and that was like more of a visceral reaction to 2016 elections. I'm a rights activist. And I was like, what the fuck is going on in America? Right. As an immigrant, I was so angry. And I was like, OK, let's create a podcast. And I am an introvert. I was like, what the hell was I thinking? But you're right. This is what happens. You just have to get out of your comfort zone 
And then you discover something new about yourself. And I love talking to people and discovering myself through my guests. Hmm. That's exactly what we are doing because you and I are connecting on this thing where, at least for me, having thought of myself as an introvert, I thought I could never do a podcast. Liliana, what about you? What is your becoming journey? You know, I think for me, it's ever evolving. I think for me, it's like kind of changing the definition of that and changing where I find validation in what that means. Mm -hmm. So instead of always kind of looking externally for validation as somebody who's worked in television, you know, all of our metrics are externally validated, right? Like how many viewers does the show get? How many followers do you have? There's this constant external valuation. And I also think even like bringing it back to kind of what you were talking about, the election and immigration, like, you know, I am the daughter of immigrants. And so also I think the way I was raised and at least the way my parents kind of like instilled in me and not because they wanted to do harm, but how does the world validate you, right? Like what is your meaning to other people? And so being raised that way, if you're always looking for external validation, I mean, I think anybody that's gone to therapy or anybody that's read a self-help book knows that like, it's kind of empty, right? At the end of the day, you can search and search and search and you're like, oh, but I have this now. It still feels empty. Well, that's because like at the end of the day, the hard work is having you validate yourself. Like, how do you get to a place where you can do that for yourself? And for me, so much of that came tied to like imposter syndrome, Mm. right? Like feeling like I was never like, good enough, smart enough, talented enough, pretty enough, tall enough. I mean, I could list 300 things. And I don't think that I've conquered all of that. It's like a mountain. But I do think that understanding the root of wanting that external validation, understanding that that really comes from home and that comes from being the daughter of immigrants, right? And that was their mentality. And how do I, as a human being now, how do I, as a person, break that? But more importantly, as a mom, how do I not repeat that same mistake for my son? Because I don't want him looking to the external world, especially in the world we live in right now, for constant validation that he is, you know, strong enough, big enough, smart enough, good looking enough, like kind enough. He needs to know that from within. And so I think that's kind of been my journey, right? It's kind of dismantling all of these teachings and all of these ideas that were kind of planted in us, again, not because they were trying to hurt us. They just didn't know any better, right? Like mm-hmm. this is the world that they were given. They didn't want that. They just got it. And then how do I break that? But I think what's been really interesting about being on that kind of self-discovery journey for me in terms of like outward validation is when you look at these icons, they are all so different. And their journey is vastly different. You know, there are a lot of Puerto Ricans on the podcast. Probably my fault. (laughs) Not going to lie. There's a lot of Puerto Ricans. It's okay. Listen, we're a very talented island. We are small. We are tiny but mighty. Very small but fierce. Small but fierce. And um, I think at the end of the day, what you realize is that when they are able to ascend from musicians or pop stars into icon status, the reason that happens for them in their career is because they do exactly what I'm working on right now, is they turn to themselves for that validation, right? They turn to themselves for that satisfaction. And when you see that happen in their careers, you could almost pinpoint it, right? Luckily, we're in a world where like they write a lot of books, they go on a lot of podcasts, they do a lot of interviews. But that common thread that pulls us through the season and that pulls us through each icon is that when they shift the source of that validation, that's when they ascend, not before that. Mm. So I think a lot of people will connect with that because they're like, oh, well, you know, if I'm listening to this podcast, like I'm nothing like JLo or I'm not like Bad Bunny or I'm not like Ricky Martin. 
I think what's been amazing about this is discovering that we kind of all have those Ricky Martin moments and we have those Selena moments and we have, you know, these JLo moments in our lives, even though you might not think it. And that's what the podcast is doing. It's going deeper and telling the stories of how they got there. And stories are really relatable, right? You can hear yourself in it. Going back to what you just said, a lot of people may think I am not like that. And sometimes I feel a lot of celebrities and I see them on screens. I don't have an interaction with them, personal interaction. So the way I see them is, okay, whatever. There are so many folks out there who are so talented, who could probably sing or dance a lot better than a lot of celebrities out there, but they are not successful, right? So how do you on your podcast balance this notion of here we have these incredible icons talking about evolution, talking about validation, and yet you're also recognizing that that really doesn't happen to everybody. So where do you bring in vulnerability and intentionality into it? Well, I think it's in the honesty that Joseph and I approach their stories, right? Like not everything that they did in their career is great. And we're super honest about it. It's also like listening to it, I think it gives you hope because you hear that Bad Bunny is a grocery bagger and Bad Bunny is number one in the world right now. Mm. So, you know, you're just listening to that could be me type of thing because we talk about very normal things that happen to them and then, you know, their own hope and then they ascend to becoming the most iconic people that we're even having a podcast about them. Come on. <laughs> Listen, I get it. At the end of the day, I'm not trying to say that these celebrities that live in like the 1% of the 1% of the 1% are like us in right. a million ways. They are so different from us in so many ways. But the human experience of like heartbreak and loss and grief and insecurity, mm -hmm. that's a human condition. Like we all feel that. It doesn't matter. Money, all the money in the world does not take away loneliness. Yeah. All the money in the world doesn't take away heartbreak. It just doesn't. And if it did, like we would buy it. Like we would save all of our money and buy whatever pill that was. Mm -hmm. And so again, we're not trying to say that like we are like them, but it is really a way to connect with them because they all go through it. And we talk about it. We talk about mm -hmm. the headlines that aren't great. We talk about, you know, the hits that probably shouldn't have been hits. You know, there's a lot of that too. And I think that's one of the biggest surprises of the podcast for me was I kind of thought we were just going to do like this very kind of like, this is why they're amazing podcast. And we do. Mm -hmm. We talk about all of their incredible achievements, right? The records that they break, the millions and billions of streams and downloads and viewers. And we do talk about all of that. But we also talk about the albums that were flops. And you might have forgotten about them because it's their publicist job to bury it. Right. But like we unearthed it. We're like, oh, do you remember that? And we're like, that was bad. Why did they do that? Mm -hmm. And I bring them back and I retweet them to remind them. No, I'm just kidding. I don't do that. <laughs> um, so it's honest and it's real and it's fun. And, you know, Joseph's super opinionated and like he doesn't like all the music. And sometimes he doesn't like the icons as people, but he likes the icons as musicians. Mm -hmm. I'm picky. Could you share a few names of icons that you don't like as people, but you like as musicians? <laughs> oh, my God. No, I'll get in trouble. No, just kidding. Um, I'm just kidding. Well, I will share one who's, who's not on our podcast, so I will like, but I'm going to get in trouble for this because this is crazy. I love Beyonce's music. Ah. We'll leave it like that. 
But you know what? Isn't that the fan experience? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like in what world do we live in where like we as fans have to like worship at the altar of everything said person does? Exactly. Absolutely. I don't actually think that that's real. Like they are human beings. They mess up. They make mistakes. They do things you don't like. They wear shit you don't like. They do their hair in a way where you're like, eh, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. But you know what? They're in the public eye and you get to have an opinion on it. And just because you don't like this era, like let's take Rihanna at the Super Bowl. Okay, that is a perfect example. People were like, I've been a Rihanna fan my whole life and I hated this performance. Well, that's cool because guess what? Rihanna is hashtag unaffected, doesn't care. (laughs) (laughs) Rihanna sold out of whatever product that was, honey. That's that was the one that she was using. Absolutely. (laughs) It's sold out. So Because you can love Rihanna's music from 2010 to 2015 and be like, wow, I really loved her in this era. And this is my girl. And now she's a mom. She's now pregnant. She's in a relationship. She's backed away and stepped away and taking a break from music. You don't have to love her now. But that doesn't mean that you don't love her music. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think people don't realize that just because you might not be a fan of a lot of the decisions this person has made or you're not a fan of what they're wearing or where they are in their musical journey right now doesn't mean you're not a fan like you can be a fan of an era of an album of a song like it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be all-encompassing and you can still think they're an icon you can still give them their flowers like we say in spanish like dale sus flores like you can still give them their flowers you know that's what i love about what you guys are creating together because there is unapologetic honesty in what you've put together. But I really want to talk about your dynamic. Now, I can see you're friends and you know each other well. And it's always fun to have a co-host. I'm doing another podcast where I do have a co-host and we enjoy each other's presence a lot because we can bounce off ideas and comments off each other. Has there been any challenges that you faced as co-hosts on this podcast? And I wonder how did you overcome them? (laughs) I'm going to go. So um, not that we're having challenges now, but I am not technology savvy. Like you don't know how actual bad it is that, you know, she kind of has to (laughs) carry the weight on how to do the stuff until I sit down with her and like learn. But, you know, it's all that. And I see it happening and I'm just kind of like, ugh, I want to create and do stuff the way she does just because I want to step up. So that's just kind of where I see that it could later become a situation because I actually just don't know how to do it and I need to apply myself. So that's something that I could say that I'm aware of. Yeah, and I think that's also, that was a really big lesson for me too. And it's actually, it's a lesson that like I learn all the time and something that I'm working on because I picked Joseph out of everybody. Like hmm. I heart Sonora were like, what about this person? What about this person? What about this person? I picked him because I love him. I think the world needs to hear his voice. I think that he needs to have like a bigger platform. And I love spending time with him. And if I'm going to commit to this podcast in the way that I wanted to commit to this show as a host and executive producer, like I wanted to do it with someone that I want to spend my time with. Time away from my son is incredibly valuable. There's very few people that I want to spend time with. Joseph is at the top of that list. And so 
I have to remind myself in those moments where I was frustrated that like, he doesn't know how to use Dropbox or he's like, is this on? <laughs> it's, but you don't understand no, it's how, how it's, it's, I'm serious. Joseph, let me tell you something. When I started off my podcast, I was literally recording it on my iPhone. You know, four years ago, there was this app called Opinion. I don't even know if anybody uses it anymore. And I was like, I will create this amazing podcast and people will listen to it. If you go back to the first few episodes that I produced, I call them raw and authentic, <laughs> but the production quality just sucks. And it's an evolution, right? Yeah, yeah, so you yeah. will learn. You will eventually learn yes. being a makeup artist and being an activist. We were never presented with an opportunity to learn and it's okay, right? Mm -hmm. It's okay not to know things. Yes. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. It's okay. And I picked him knowing all of that. I chose him knowing that like, he's a makeup artist. This isn't his wheelhouse. This isn't his comfort zone. It's my comfort zone and it's my wheelhouse. And so therefore it means that it's my job that I took on. He didn't impose it on me to teach him and bring him up to speed on all these things and make him fall in love with production and how right. beautiful yeah. this journey can be, right? And how awesome it's going to be that we get to go on it together as friends and co-hosts. So yeah, it was rough in the beginning because of that. But again, it's a decision I made. So a decision that I carry the weight on because I chose that. And I think that's something like all the time that I'm like, but I made this decision. So I need to see it through. I need to step it up. That's growth though, too. That's just really like taking responsibility and holding yourself accountable to be like, yeah, I chose this. And not like I'm choosing that I chose this so I have to suffer, but it's like no. I chose this and I am also taking the time to like show someone. Yeah, a little patience, a little grace and bring them with me on this, not like leave them behind or make them feel bad that they don't know what to do. How would they? Because it's cool that it's both our baby, too. This is like both of us are starting this together. Like, so we're both trying to give 100 percent. And it's also very interesting to see, like, you know, I've never been a partner with Liliana. I have been her makeup artist, her, I would call each other primos, which is cousins. But working with her and seeing what you don't know when you work with someone, it's very, like, driven. And it's, like, exactly who... It can be challenging. Yeah, I respect and admire it. You know what I mean? Because I didn't know her as a professional, like us together partnered in a business and seeing the way that she is, the way that she's 110%. It's like, I like that. This is why we were friends, but like, I didn't know. And it's very like, she's determined. And, you know, it's even evolving in the podcast, like how stuff is going. Like, you'll you'll have to listen to, to hear, but it's just becoming iconic. <laughs> Absolutely. By the way, Liliana, I was listening to one of your interviews as we were researching. I came across this idea of you're this figure it out kind of gal, right? That's what you do. Yeah. And I wonder now at this stage in your life, what is that you still have to figure out? Oh my God, are you kidding? I feel like I have an identity crisis every day of my life. You know, I think I'm still figuring out like how to really like find my space in this ever evolving media world. Like I'm figuring it out because it's changing right in front of our eyes. You know, I started in television in 2008 and it's 2023 and the world has changed, right? Like when I started out and I started in media, my be all end all dream was to be on the Today Show. Mm. That was like the mountaintop, like, oh my God, well, I was on the Today Show for seven years. And while I was there, it was incredible, but it's not really my dream, right? Like that's the dream that everybody told me you should have because it's like that signals success, right? But that's not it. And like 
this world is evolving so much. And it's interesting because you don't, as a creator and as somebody who has a point of view and a voice, don't really need that kind of like traditional media outlet to get Mm. your voice heard and to have your message seen. We don't need that. And we've democratized what it means to like have a platform. Yeah. Before it was like, okay, well, if you're not one of those people, or if you're not being interviewed by, you know, one of these journalists, if you're not sitting across from Diane Sawyer or Hoda Kotb or Savannah Guthrie, then does your story matter? Yeah, it matters a lot. And so I think for me, it's figuring out where do I fit in all of that? If somebody that has the experience of working on this big network broadcast, like kind of like the pinnacle of daytime NBC news to now having a podcast, like where do I fit in and all that? What do I want to bring from that experience? And where's this world going? Right. Do we even know? Do I know? So I feel like I'm still really kind of figuring out where that is. But I do think that being the host of this show with Joseph and also being a producer behind the scenes has really opened my eyes to the fact that I can do a lot more powerful storytelling if I have a say as a producer and not just as talent. Yeah. And so that journey has been really eye-opening for me, but it's also been really eye-opening in the sense that like, it's a lot of work, right? Like that's a different set because when I take my headphones off and I'm no longer hosting the show, well, now I got to put like my writing hat on, right? And my research hat and my like publicist hat. And it's a lot, but when it's yours and you believe so much in it, I think it's kind of really, really rewarding. You're absolutely right. And there's so much that needs to unpack First, yes, we have democratized storytelling and the interface with audiences directly has become more normalized. But at the same time, we see even with podcasting and so many other media outlets, financial sustainability is an issue, especially for indie podcasters, right? How many downloads do you get? Do sponsors advertise on your show? If they don't, they go to bigger shows. So while it's easy to create something, it's still difficult to sustain it. Yeah. But you're right. There is at least this avenue where people like me, who's an activist, can create something profound and impactful. Something else that you said about validation, knowing yourself. And I want to go back to your parents being immigrants and you being second gen kid. We talk a lot about identity on this platform, right? It's called Immigrantly. I talk about my identity all the time. I wonder, Liliana, how has your relationship with your identity evolved in the media ecosystem and how easier or difficult has it become to own it and be unapologetic about it? For sure. I mean, I share this a lot. I know I think for me growing up, so I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas. I'm a Texan like Joseph. And, you know, I grew up in a very traditionally Mexican family. I'm half Mexican, half Puerto Rican. But the Mexican side of my family really dominates the culture that I grew up with. Um, My dad was kind of like more passive, I think, about that. And my mom was just like so fiercely proud to be Mexicana. So I was unlike my cousins. My mom chose private education for me, so I didn't go to public school. So growing up, I was always kind of like the Mexican kid. And I was one of right. I was like this one Mexican little girl in a very white, highly privileged environment of my private school. Hmm. And so for a really long time, I feel like I was running away from my identity because you just want to be like everybody else. You just want to resemble the room that you're in. And so I kind of like shied away from it. Like I was like embarrassed that I spoke Spanish first, right? Like now when you meet me, it's one of the first things that I tell you is that like English is actually my second language. 
But when I was growing up, I was like, I don't even speak Spanish. Are you kidding? That's all I spoke at home, right? (laughs) And so until I really got to college and met other really successful, smart, ambitious Latinos, I was like, oh, wait, what is this like beautiful community? And also those Latinos were really diverse. They were coming from all over the world, right? Like I had friends that were from Argentina. Like I had friends that were Spanish. I had friends that were Peruvian. Growing up in Texas, I thought Latino just meant Mexican. Hmm. I didn't realize there was this like whole other world of Latinidad that's global. And so for years and years and years, I really didn't center my identity, right? I kind of like pushed it down and I dimmed it because it made me different. And I think being on television and realizing that, especially at the time, I'm one of the only Latin voices on network television, I was like, oh, no, we got to turn this dial like way, 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 way up because now it's my privilege to be able to have this platform and share that English is my second language. And here I am sitting on set with like Hoda and Jenna or Hoda and Kathy Lee or sitting you know, across from Julia Roberts doing an interview. And so I think what I discovered is as my platform got bigger and as my audience got bigger and as my career got bigger, I started to understand how important it was that I am really authentic in the presentation of who I am. And by the way, that wasn't easy because I had to reconcile with the fact that I had hidden that for so long and that I wasn't forefront. But I kind of let go of that shame and thought, you know what, like you do what you need to do to survive the environments that you're in. And it wasn't that I was embarrassed, is that I was in survival mode, right? Like I wanted to succeed. And I thought that my path to success was to survive by not being authentic when I realized the path to success is authenticity. What was the most challenging part of reconciliation? I think that part of the shame piece, you know, Mm -hmm. I think for all of us, like shame and guilt can be really confusing feelings. And, you know, I think the shame was, am I embarrassed of who I am? Am I embarrassed of my parents? Am I embarrassed that I was on financial aid all through my private school because my parents couldn't afford it? And the truth to that is I was, and that's okay because I was a little girl. Yeah. But as an adult, like, you can have different feelings and you can have different emotions about that. And I can look back on that and not feel shameful and not feel embarrassed, but it's okay that I felt all of that. So I think reconciling that there's like an inner child version of me and there's an evolved adult version of me that is evolving, not evolved, that is evolving. You know, I think that was the hardest part was dealing with, you know, was I embarrassed of where I was from? I was. Was I embarrassed that my aunts were housekeepers to my friends? Yeah. I was, but why, right? And unpacking the why, I think was the hardest part. You know, I love that because all of us have been embarrassed because of how the society conditions us, right? Going back to when I came here as an immigrant, I have an accent. My mannerism is different. I cannot connect to American pop culture from the 80s and the 90s because I was not here, which is okay. And a lot of times immigrants, and I'm sure your parents probably went through it too, they are made to feel like lesser humans because of how they cannot assimilate. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I am not going to assimilate. I am going to integrate and I am going to be who I am. And it's so important, Liliana, for people like you to embrace that and normalize it because then it becomes okay for others who are looking up to you as a role model to say, you know what, if she can do it, so can we. Totally. 
Now, we've talked about validation, we've talked about success, evolution. What kind of validation are you expecting from the podcast? You talked about how having a certain number of followers is not important anymore. But in the podcasting ecosystem, everything is about how many downloads, how many advertisers. (laughs) I am, you know, literally obsessing over how many downloads Immigrantly gets because that's how I sustain it. So what does validation for becoming an icon look like for the both of you? Honestly, I'm just so fucking proud that we're doing this. It's like the validation that we have a fucking podcast is all I need. Even if it's one, people want to hear what we have to say, you know, and it's just that I would love for people to get to know us. I don't think that that's really like validation. I feel like I feel validated. You know, I'm not looking for anything other than to be proud of the shit that we just produced, Hmm. because I want to listen back to it and I want to giggle and I want to laugh and I want to do all of the things that we were doing. Like, And when I've heard some of them back, I'm like, God, that was good. And I'm a very critical person because I work in beauty. Like, I have to dissect it and be like, actually, it's this or I shouldn't have said that. Or now I'm just like, fuck it. This is just fun. I'm having fun. I love it. What about you, Lils? I think the goal for me is, you know, I think this podcast brings out a very different side of me. And I think that's to Joseph's credit. You're only ever really as good as like your co-host, right? And, you know, I've been doing this shit for a long, long time. And I will say that I think some of my best moments in my career have been on this podcast with him Mm. because I've like kind of unearthed just a very different side of my personality that I usually keep very tight for a very tight core of people. Like Joseph has seen me like that a million times and Mm -hmm. my closest friends have experienced me like that, but I keep it really close to the heart. Right. And I have a very tight knit group of like friends and that's how I roll. And something about Joseph just made me so comfortable in recording these episodes that I think people listening to this are going to be like, that's Liliana. But that's why I think I'm having so much fun because it's just, you just see her as such a professional, you know, and on the the podcast, you're just like, it's like friends talking. Yeah. So I think sharing that very different side of myself is new for me to do it in this way, because I am always trying to be so poised and professional and make sure that like, I don't give an opinion, right? When you work in news, like I don't give an opinion, right? Like I am just sharing somebody else's story. And like, sure, I'll have a reaction, but you're not getting like what I really think. The tea. The tea. And to his credit, you know, he brings that out in me. So I think if anybody that has followed my career or that is a fan of mine or that is a friend of mine on Instagram listens to this podcast and goes, wait, I didn't know that about Liliana. Like that was really funny or that was really fun or like, oh my God. That to me almost means more than a download or a subscription because this is the place where I want to be in my life professionally and personally right now. And so I think that's kind of how I measure the success of this show is if you listen to one episode and walk away thinking like, I want to go have margaritas with them. Mission accomplished. And that is the beauty of podcasting as well. It gives you this space where you feel like you're either talking to a friend or yourself. And then you're just authentic through and through. I love, love, love it. Mm-hmm. Can we get a sneak peek into future episodes? Any special guests other than the ones that you guys have already mentioned? Well, I can kind of tell you this, you know, when we first started the show and iHeart will probably like kill us for sharing this, but we went through a couple of different versions of 
how the show would sound and how we would block the show. And, you know, the first version of the show, I think, was a lot of narration and a lot of storytelling from Joseph and I as the narrators. And the version that you're getting is not that. There's a lot of banter. There's a lot of off the cuff. There's a lot of things that could not possibly have been written (laughs) that actually make it in the episodes. And so one thing that I'm really excited about is because our relationship is so strong and our friendship is so present in the shows, we are actually going to be doing something called after the icons where we're doing real life, real time digest of like what is currently happening in the moment for these icons. And we're going to bring on like amazing guests to help us tell the story of what's happening right now. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to hear. Now, in the end, I'm going to ask you a question that I ask all my guests. How would you describe America in a word or a sentence? Gosh, damn. This is so fucking cheesy, but I'm going to say this. You can do anything you want here. You can make it if you want to. That's, that's really how I feel about America. Like, I think that if you really fucking try, you can. I think it's literally the land of opportunity. <laughs> Liliana, what about you? I'm going to come at it from a more political standpoint, just because I'm really feeling it right now. And I feel like after last week with all of these like crazy men running their mouths, I want to say it's fractured. I would say fractured is probably how I feel, like in one word. I love it because nobody else has used it. And by the way, for both of you, this is one question that all my guests pause on and then they think about because I feel a lot of times we don't even think about what America means to us, what America is, how do we describe it. So thank you so much for both of you. It was a lot of fun. Best of luck. I can't wait to listen. As I said, by the time this episode comes out, it would already be out in the world. I hope a lot of people listen to it. And again, thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we had so much fun. I can't wait to hear what people think. And like, obviously, most importantly, please review the podcast and tell us what we can do better. Like, we want to hear the good and the bad, because guess what? We talk about the good and the bad in our podcast. So we are open to the good and the bad about our podcast. So leave us a review. We're here for it. How was this conversation for you guys? I loved it. I love the energy. I love when guests are so open and unapologetic about their experiences and their identity. And I'm so glad I sat down with Liliana and Joseph to talk about their new podcast. Now, if you like this episode, here's what I suggest you do. Share it with a friend. I'm sure there are friends and family members who would love to hear these conversations. Or if you like it personally and you want to do something extra for Immigrantly, go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and rate us. That will mean the world to all of us. This episode was produced by me, Sadia Khan. Our editorial review was done by Shay Yu and our amazing editor is Hazik Ahmed Farid. Until next time, take care.